The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Hey everyone, welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm Senior NBA Writer for the Action Network, Matt Moore. You can find me on Twitter at HP Basketball. You can follow our great content at Action Network HQ. Today is a special NBA edition of the Action Network Podcast. I'll be talking to Robbie Calland of Uproxx. Great writer, longtime friend, awesome guy, also a degenerate. Just a complete degenerate. You have not lived until you've seen Robbie in Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at rcaland, K-A-L-L-A-N-D. He's worked at CBS Sports and at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he's a current writer for Up Rocks and Dime. He's also one of the hosts of the Punt Cast alongside Tom Fermanelli from CBS Sports. Great mind to talk about gambling with. Avid NBA fans, we had a lot of fun in this episode talking about the futures as the NBA hopefully heads towards a resumption. We'll see how that goes. Still very much on the edge of, you know, danger there. But uh, as the games are still set to be played, we have lines, we have futures. I talked to Robbie about all sorts of those. A reminder, if you guys love this podcast, and I know you do, make sure to go to iTunes Subscribe, or wherever you find your podcast, make sure to subscribe. And also, leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. does us a lot of good. And if you leave your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle when you do that five-star podcast review on iTunes, you're entered to win a fabulous prize from the Action Network. All right, here's my interview with Robbie Calland from Uproxx. Okay, Robbie, so let's go ahead and talk NBA betting as if there's going to be a resumption, as if there's going to be games played, as if... You know, this whole thing is going to work out because let's have some optimism, for God's sakes, and Lord knows the NBA is operating with as much optimism as it can. Um, let's start with, with championship odds. Um, I don't build, like, one position, and a lot of what I already got in on was um, I tend to focus in preseason on conference odds, and I did that. I've got a bet that's, that's going to uh, – in eight sweet more games, we'll eventually cash for the Lakers to finish – with more games, uh, with more wins than the Clippers, um, and I've got the division winner on the Lakers. Um, I've got a position on the Bucks in the Eastern Conference uh, to win that. I've wanted to wait to figure out my head. I'm going to hedge on the on the Bucks, and then as it gets closer, I'm going to hedge even more. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead. Everyone kind of has their one of the three is theirs. Like everyone's staked position on one of the big three: the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Lakers to win the title. We've got Bucks uh, plus two forty. This is a FanDuel. Lakers plus two sixty. Clippers at plus three twenty. Um, at DraftKings, you can get that at plus, I believe, plus three thirty three for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, so that's a little juicier there. Um, where do you wind up planting your flag on the three main hills for NBA title? I would say the Bucks. Although I think I think the path through the East gets a little more interesting than, than maybe I think people thought. Maybe if the season ended on time, I don't hate the Clippers. Clippers juice, especially as we as we kind of wait to see what happens with you know maybe Dwight opting out. We're still not sure about that. If you told people back when Dwight signed with the Lakers that he would be as as I think key to to them as as he has been, I think 
people would kind of roll their eyes a bit, but he, he's been important for them. And, and if he opts out, then, you know, that takes away some of what that advantage the Lakers had over the Clippers was, which was just the waves of bigs that they could throw at them. Uh, and, and I think that was the concern all along in a playoff series between the Lakers and the Clippers was like, well, how do the Clippers deal with that size and deal with the physical toll for seven games? If Dwight opts out and they're, whoever they bring in isn't going to be able to bring quite that same value. So I, I don't hate the Clippers there. I, I still just lean bucks. Like if they're bringing everybody down, I, I just, I just think they're, they're the complete team in this thing and, and have the fewest question marks. So I'm probably going to build some sort of position that stakes around um, the Lakers uh, and the Bucks. Like that's probably where I'm going to wind up. And we'll talk some more about sure. that I found here in a little bit, but I have been a Clipper skeptic for much of the season. So like the idea, the Clippers is always, I think, greater than what they've actually been, except for very few circumstances. And the problem is the entire season, it's been like, well, they didn't have everybody. And then when they have everybody, it's like, well, they're not really trying. And then they would have these games where they would come out and they would just absolutely beat the snot out of you. And right. that's the team. Like, that's the one I'm betting on. And sure. I wind up being like very skeptical of that for a number of reasons. Like, I don't know how a Lou Williams opt out would impact things. Like, he's still. Uh, on the fence, Doc said today he thinks he's play, but he hasn't. Right. Lou's still deciding. I don't know how much that really should impact things, um, given like Lou's very much a to pardon a, a phrase from how they used to describe Michael Red bombs over Baghdad. Like, going to hit both sides of the line. The Clippers, though, to me, it's just a matter of even if Dwight's out, you're still going to have the lob threat from Javale McGee and Anthony Davis. Sure, 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 sure. I just, I just, I just like for, it does. I think impact it. Like, just from a – like, I mean, the thing is, like, now the Lakers – now you're saying, okay, what, what's been the thing about JaVale with the Warriors that we always talked about? It's like you can get him in doses and you can kind of concentrate his effort into these bursts. If you have to play him more minutes, then you open up – you know, then you open up Pandora – JaVale's box. You know, you open up this opportunity for JaVale to do JaVale things more often than when you can focus that energy that he has – into these like six minute bursts. I agree with that. I think the, one of the big things here is, is everyone knows like how deadly the lineups with Anthony Davis at, at the five are conceptually. It's just that Davis hates playing it. He just hates sure. it in five, but if he doesn't have any other choice, then he, he'll play it. Thanks. For, that might help. Sure. It might be hard on him. Like he may have mm-hmm. a really hard time, but if it's better for the team, then it's better for the team. And it allows you, I get, you know, it theoretically allows you to get more minutes with Kuzma on the floor next to those two to cover up for Kuzma's defense. Right. Like as an idea, I think is, is at least good. Um, sure. So I don't like, are you with me on this? I don't like any, if you're going to build a, a position on titles, I don't want to take any of the East teams beyond Milwaukee. I want to focus in on just their Eastern conference title odds. Like I don't want to take, take, I would agree. I take the move on the Celtics and the heat who we'll talk about in a second. And I think have legitimate chances to upset the Bucs. As big as I am on the Bucs, I'm trying to get myself into a place where I'm not blindsided by them losing again. But if they do beat the Bucs, I don't give those teams a real chance versus either a Lakers or Clippers team, even after they've gone through what is probably going to be a pretty brutal Western Conference Finals. I still like either the Lakers or Clippers. I just think those teams are overall better than Celtics, Heat, Raptors, Sixers. That's it. That's the list. Yeah. Uh, so, like, so you're with me on, on that idea that if you're going to go title odds, don't go on any of the East teams, even if you're going to build like a one long shot into it, take a team from the West. Yeah, I, I think I would agree. I think, I think maybe the one team 
And look, like maybe, maybe uh, as far as value on this board at, at 28 to one, I'm interested in like, I have, I have enough interest in the Sixers that I, I with Ben Simmons coming back and his back being healthy and maybe Al Horford getting whatever the little whispery Achilles stuff, maybe he's feeling better. Like there's enough, there's enough there with like the Sixers getting everybody healthy. Uh, that I, I that would be the one that I would have interest in because they are the one that I look at matchup wise with the Lakers and the Clippers and I say I can see it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if if you're talking about the team from the East that I think competes the best with those two in a series outside of the Bucks, I I would say Phillies Phillies at the top of my list and at 28 to one I have a bit of interest there. But again, I think I'd rather take them on the Eastern Conference odds. They're the only team you can look at and go, if they are the team that they have that they were supposed to be all year and never were, if that team Correct. was up, you you would legitimately be terrified of the Sixers. Like, you would be like, oh Embiid and Simmons, and, like, imagine, like, Horford doesn't look like garbage after, the, <laughs> you know, Josh Richardson finally figures some stuff out, and Harris is hot, and, like, they're just able to figure out a bunch of stuff. Like, getting Simmons back healthy, I think, definitely helps them. Just one more quick thing on the championship winner. Like, sure. uh, Rockets are 1,200. Uh, at DraftKings, they are 1300 at FanDuel, so you can get the best line there. Longest odds I've seen on the Rockets. You know, I don't like Denver because I don't like their chances versus the Lakers specifically. Like, they're going to have to go through the Lakers at some point, uh, and I don't like their odds there. There's a Colorado promotion on FanDuel for the Nuggets to make the Western Conference Finals at plus 300. That basically means, like, you know, are you taking plus 300 to get them out of the first round and then out of the Clippers series? If you're going to do that, I would... Like, I wrote the article on it, but I would probably just wait, and they're going to be pretty big dogs, the Clippers, anyway. Yeah, I would, th- I would think they'd be pretty – pretty not, not far off from that. They might be in the, the two, at least 200, right? Yeah, I think at least 200, if not longer. So, like, you should be able to just, like, rotate your – if you think that they're going to do that, just take the money from the first-round series win and put it into the second one. Um, yeah. You know, and then the rest of those teams, like the Jazz, obviously, like, like nothing but red alarms there. Like, just no- – <laughs> But, no, we've got. We, I mean, uh, what Conley said today that he he might. It's possible he would leave and then come back because his his wife's gonna have uh, a baby in August, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's that. There's obviously um, like Ingles has been on the fence about about things, and it seems like he's gonna go. But I mean, and then obviously the Gobert and Don. Yeah, no, you can miss me with the Jazz. And I, they were my funny fact. Uh, I picked. I decided to step out on a limb and, and pick the Jazz to win it all this year, uh, before the season. Nope. Nope. Not gonna. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Instead. Not gonna be like that. <laughs> Instead, they're the first to <laughs> to, to contract COVID nineteen. Good job. Good. Way to go. Oi, oi, oi. Well, it was it was for the best of everybody. Honestly. Let's go to the Eastern Conference because I think this is where things get the most interesting. Bucks are minus 175, so it's not a great – I don't even like that as like an uh, arbitrage position. Oh, good God, no. But I do like – like one thing is, if you're going to go long on the Bucks to win the title, I might be able to talk myself into taking some of these long shots to win the East as a little yep. average. So the Celtics are 7-1. to one. We got plus 700 on them. Raptors are 800. The Heat are 900, and the Sixers are 900. Let's go ahead and remove Pacers at 2,900, Nets, Magic, nice. et cetera. So. Catch me on the Wizards plus 15,000. 16. What are you doing? Without, without, just, just Rui. We're just banking on Rui becoming a god in Orlando. That's all uh, they've got. So 
I keep looking at Heat plus 900. That's the one I keep looking at. I would take both of the 900s. Uh, for the reasons I said about the Sixers, Simmons getting back healthy, intrigued by that. I'm also just infatuated with like just the idea of the Sixers, and I, I, I will admit that inherent bias. I also, as somebody that grew up and, and grew up in the business with uh, Al Horford's career, like I just refuse to believe that if he can get whatever was hurt healthy again, like he, he's – he can't have dropped off this fast uh, in my head. Like, I just can't allow it to happen. So, like, I'm banking on, a, on an Al Horford bump here. So, like, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in the Sixers, but I, I agree. Like, the heat for that three-point shooting, I, I like them. At, you know, that's the type of thing that can take this Bucks team out, right? Like, you're just – like, it's, it's the team that can just shoot the hell out of the ball for five games because the, the Bucks are in the territory that the old LeBron teams used to be in. And well, I guess it's still LeBron teams, uh, where if you're going against them, you better play five near perfect games because he, he, they're going to win one where you play incredible basketball because of that guy, you know, because of Giannis. So you, but the Heat are the type of team that can just they can just shoot it, and that's the, those are the teams that can that can sneak up on on a team like the Bucks uh, because as we know, Bud Bud will pack the paint and and give you some of those threes. And the goal, of course, is not to give them to Duncan Robinson, but. They got enough guys that just knock down shots that, that it could get interesting if Nunn's hot, uh, if Hero's hot, Jimmy makes his stuff. They're interesting. And they have a guy in Bam that is an intriguing matchup with Giannis on the defensive end. I'm not going to say he's a guy that can stop Giannis or even really slow Giannis, but just make things uncomfortable at times. So I, I wind up being pretty drawn to the heat. I, I found this little matchup wrinkle. The Bucks are, I think, 16th defending handoffs, DHOs. The reason this... Yeah is the Heat are the number one team in the league at those little handoffs. Like, they just – they give Kelly Olenek and Urbana Bio the ball at the high post um, or even off ball, and they run guys over the screens, and they just get Kendrick Nunn or Duncan Robinson. And in some cases, they have the guard screening Olenek, which is a nice little wrinkle that they pulled, or popping out of that action. Like, they'll run an off ball screen using Olenek for, like, Kendrick Nunn, and then Olenek will roll out of that into a pop, and he'll mm-hmm. have the three. Um, yeah. And that kind of volume scares me versus the Bucks because when I went back and I, I decided to go back and watch all the tape from the Heat's performances versus versus Milwaukee, Brooks still dropping every single mm-hmm. time. Brooks dropping, and I'm just like, they're gonna play his ass off the floor. Like I love Brook Lopez, I love Brook Lopez, but they're gonna play his ass off the floor if if it's Miami. Um, sure. Ideal scenario is maybe wait and make sure that you can get. Uh, it, ideally, like the Heat in the four spot and the Sixers in the six spot. Like I think that's the yeah. I think that's that's the question is is where you come down where the seeding comes. Because here's the thing: once once we get into the bubble, I don't think these prices are changing a ton. Right. In that regular season period, and I think the nice thing we're not having a playoff game, a play-in game in the East or anything. But having that play-in game and that built in, it's kind of nice going into this because you're going to have a couple days where we know what it is. And so you don't have to be guessing on the last day of the season to get to get the price. So I, I'm with you. And honestly, if the Heat do draw four and Indy stays in five, then I think you're, you know, as far as like price, you, you're, you're going to look good because it's going to, the reason the Heat are that far back is there's a better chance they're going to run into the Bucks earlier. And that's why the Heat price is where it is compared to the Sixers. So maybe I, the, the Heat price probably drops if they, shuffle out of the four or the five somehow. Um, so maybe take the heat now because I don't think their price gets better if they maneuver. 
I agree. I agree with that. That's a good. That's a good point. I'm just looking for all the ways in which this is going to wind up with the Raptors once again costing me just. An- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's for sure. I was talking about this uh, this with Bill today on on a call. We were we were like, this is like the Raptors do weird shit, and so like, isn't this like the weirdest possible place? And like Kyle Lowry's just going to thrive in weird sloppy bubble basketball. You know, he's like the bane of this. He's like, oh, I was born in the slop. <laughs> like I was born in like really ugly basketball where I'm stepping in front of everybody and drawing charges and just barreling to the, and like, you know, I could see it. I can see it. Yeah. Cause like, uh, let's say that it's, if it's bucks, if it's heat for six or six and the Celtics stay in the three spot, that's perfect. I'm like, Oh, the Celtics can't beat the, the, the Sixers because they lost Horford and Baines and then bead absolutely tears them a new one. Okay. Yep them and then i've got this like weird amalgam raptors team that almost lost to the sixers last year yeah butler's gone but so is Kawhi. and then like the raptors will just wind up winning and then beating the bucks like i just need to go ahead and put money on raptors plus 800 because it's the one outcome i can't really foresee like yeah i've been on the on the train of i've been pointing this out pretty consistently which is the raptors are 16th in half court offense per possession so Mm -hmm. like if you go back and watch, it's one thing I picked it up because I started watching clips of their overall offense and was like, okay, and I was like, oh, that's a lot of transition. And then I started noticing, like, oh, they kind of screw up a lot of stuff in the half court. And then I was like, what, what are they? Like, they got to be like 12 or 10. I was like, 16th. So I've been on that wagon. But then I also look at like the Celtics are 14th. So it's like, <laughs> you know, they're not gangbusters either. Um, but I just know. I, I got it. I'm going to have to figure out a way for me to just build a Raptors hedge to everything into whatever position I take on the Eastern conference. So, I mean, I, I think, and this, this goes to that point of like, just take them now at 800. Uh, they're going to get either Brooklyn who's sending nobody or Orlando. Just like not very good. Like we saw how that series goes last year. Okay. Uh, and they're going to be playing, you know, especially if, if, if it stays as is and Boston faces um, Philly, whoever comes out of that series is going to be beat up. And so, like, it just, it just shakes out so well for Toronto, you know, if, if it ends up being that three. Like, I think if you're Milwaukee, you're kind of hoping um, maybe Miami and Philly have to play each other in that first round. Cause then they'll wear each other out. Uh, but like Boston, Boston, Philly, we, we've seen these games play. Like we know how they're going to play against each other. They hate each other. They're going to treat it like a finals and they're going to be doing so having played eight games before going at each other. So they're just going to gas each other out. So like, should probably take the Raptors. I just, I just, I don't know. I still like as dumb as it is. I still just don't quite believe it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I just, I see the evidence in front of me and I'm like, ah, I'm not sure. You know, like, no, nah, nah, there's no way. And so naturally they'll be in there. It'll be Raptors. Why should it be like Raptors jazz after we just buried both teams? Hey, just a reminder, guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, and I know that you are, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts on the app or through the web or whatever device you choose. If you do so and you leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, you're eligible to win a nifty prize from us at the Action Network. Go to Apple, leave us a five-star review. Thanks so much. All right, are you ready for me to talk you into something completely stupid? Uh, You can try. I know I can do this.
I'm not saying to do it before Beal makes his decision. Obviously, we got to wait for, for Beal to make his decision. Plus 750 to make the playoffs. Let's say Beal decides to, because as it, like the trend has been that a lot of guys that I thought were on the fence are apparently, as of right now when I'm recording this, going to play. They could change their minds later, but like that's been the trend. Is that There are several guys that I was like going into today being like, they're probably going to announce that they're out, and they didn't. So I know where, I know where you're going to go with this. So, so, okay, you have the Nets and Spencer Dinwiddie's like a maybe-ish is what they've, they've said is like, we don't. And that's if you, I mean, like the thing is, is it's not even like, like he's got to recover from symptoms. Yeah. Like there are people, there are people like there's a, there are people that have had this thing and like it lasts like 30, 40 days or longer. Yeah. It's or longer. Like it's, it, this thing can be gnarly. Like fine. Um, the entire thing is horrifying. And then, Oh, it's terror. It's terrifying. Everything is terrifying. Uh, I live in there. I live in Arizona. I am terrified. Everything horrible place to be. Like I, I love Spencer Dinwiddie and want him to be healthy and want him to be good. Uh, yes. Even if he, even, like let's assume that happens and he does play. They're still without Kyrie. They're still without KD. They're without Wilson Chandler. They're without DeAndre Jordan, which isn't really a loss because it means more Jarrett Allen minutes and they're better with Jarrett Correct. Allen. Uh, Jacques Vaughn coaching, not great there. Uh, don't feel good about that. The schedule is the big thing here. Okay, they play their easy games are Orlando twice with direct implication for Orlando to be like, yes, we want to win this game to get the hell out of the buck slot. <laughs> right? Like, Correct. Because they know they could beat Toronto at least once. Like, wow! Just gotta du- just dust DJ Augustine out one more time and send them out. They're gonna they're gonna win game one no matter what. <laughs> and then the Wizards obviously have have if Beal plays and they're trying to make it even without Bertans, they've been a it's high variance. It's a high three point attack that plays well versus Brooklyn, which doesn't necessarily do that kind of that play that kind of style. So so you've got that's a potential for three losses even versus the weak teams. You've got an early game versus Milwaukee when Milwaukee may still have something to play for. You have an early game versus Boston when they will definitely have something to play for. The Kings are absolutely at that point still going to be competing for a playoff spot. The Clippers, who knows at that point it's late and then, and that one's probably done. Their last game is versus Portland. That's probably winnable. But those are like, that, that's a really bad schedule because my concern is not how tough are the teams that you're playing. My concern is how motivated are the teams that you're playing. Sure the Nets profile is very, very motivated versus the last three games for the Wizards are the Thunder, who at that point will probably be locked into either five or six, mm-hmm. Milwaukee and Boston. And those two will almost definitely be locked where they are. Mm-hmm. So like the, the rest of those teams, they've got the Wizards have Phoenix. That's winnable. They have Brooklyn. That's winnable. They have Indiana. That's winnable because Indiana is a low three point team might be without Oladipo. That's a winnable game. Philadelphia, sure, that's a loss. The Pelicans, I'll even give you that one. That's a loss. But you got three remaining teams that are good but are not are going to have questionable motivation and the front three games, which are very winnable. Like, that's a, at least get them into a playoff, and I kind of like the Wizards in a play-in situation. It's plus 750. <laughs> I get the argument. I get, I, like, I do. I, I get the argument. They sure as hell won't be plus 750 in that, in that series. So, like, you're, you know, I mean, like a little sprinkle. I, I get the high three-point aggressive attack, but, man, I feel like you take a lot of teeth out of that without Bertans. Yeah. You, we talk about, like, you go watch those videos like Bertans, and he's just pulling from anywhere, and you just always have to be up in this space because he'll just pull up off the dribble from 32 feet and make it. 
he's such a weapon for them, not just in, you know, half court running off of stuff. He's, he's, he makes their transition game so much better because he just does these little, you know, he just jogs up the floor into trailer positions. And so you think you have your defense set and he's, then the next thing you know, he's spotting up from 29 feet because you weren't thinking, you know, you don't think about that. You don't think about that six ten guy is going to take that shot. Right. And he killed teams all year with that. And so that's where, and that's part of where their pace comes from. Yeah. It's like a lot of that pace is them letting Bertans let fly five seconds in the shot clock. I, they can't replace that. Um, and so I, I, I see what you're saying. I, you know, I like the vision. I like the, I like the moxie, but it's not something I would play just because like, I think he is so much more key than, than maybe a lot of people realize to what that offense is able to do, particularly at the pace that they want to play at, which just gets teams kind of off of their game, uh, both offensively and defensively, because they're, they're suddenly in a track meet. Uh, and then defensively, even when you think maybe you're set in semi-transition, that element is always there. Um, with, with, especially with him on one side and Beal on the other, like they'll just randomly take 28-foot threes. And now you can kind of just lock in on Beal even if he's there. Yeah, th- those are all really good points. Uh, I may have already grabbed them at plus 1,300 before the move. Sure. Oh, that's a thing that might have occurred. Um, I was really interested in this. And I, on MGM – if that's available in your particular locale, uh, they actually have conference result odds, which are finals results. Uh, so specific team over team outcomes, which I was very interested um, to see the exact outcome, the finals. So you can get there Clippers Bucks at plus five fifty. Uh, you get Bucks Clippers Bucks beat Clippers at plus nine hundred. Uh, you've got, and then you throw in the Lakers. Like there's all of these, I got Bucks, Lakers, Bucks, Clippers in preseason for exact final odds. I took a, a I, I put together a package in preseason. So this allows me to have even more juice on the exact outcome. And I, I, I'm really tempted by this. Are there any that you think are really interesting beyond those three standard? There's a lot of outcomes. So there's a lot to scroll through here. Also, just, just for your note, uh, Wizards are plus 900 to make the playoffs at MGM. Yeah. Rather than the 750. That, more interested in. Shop it, do that sort of thing. Like, basically, pick a team that you think in the Eastern Conference can upset Milwaukee. Like, let's say we, we, we take the premise that we had earlier. About the Sixers. Right. The Bucks are vulnerable. One of those teams can beat them. And then you, pick, you basically pick whichever Western Conference team you think is going to win from Lakers-Clippers. Yeah. No, it's, you got, so you got Lakers plus 3,500 over the Sixers. I think Clippers are 40 to 1. Like, if we just did the Heat and the Sixers. Right. And just did the Clippers Clippers over and Lakers over them. You're going to make more than, than betting the two plus 900s, even with four, four things out liability-wise. Right. You're making money by basically saying, I do not think that, the, that anyone below, like anyone besides the Lakers and Clippers are making it out of the Western Conference. Uh, I think that there's, there, it's just a really interesting prop to me to look at, like Lakers, Lakers Celtics being uh, plus 3,000, is like that's pretty healthy lakers raptors is plus three thousand like getting 30 to one on those when like a playoff when your final series is going to be so much shorter obviously but if you're just sold on the idea the lakers are going to win the west and you're like the bucks are not going to win like i don't know who it is. the bucks are not going to win 
you can put together a position that factors in like Heat, Sixers, one of Celtics Raptors, whichever one you think wins that series, and you're in a you're in a pretty choice position. If you know what you know what this is maybe where you uh, you get your little Raptors hedge in. Yeah, yeah. I think this this is this is where for you. 35 to 1 Clippers over Raptors, 30 to 1 Lakers over Raptors. You're talking about like, how do I maximize a hedge on like, this is the one scenario I'm not taking into account. Right. You do that. And then like, you're still covering your bases. Yeah. I think that's the way I'd play it. Like, especially if you're already out on stuff, like if you already have put, put in on, on Heat and Sixers and Celtics or whatever, however you've played it. Right. Um, that's, how you, that's how you hitch those. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, Yep. and I appreciate uh, you joining me and taking some time, especially as you're in between moves. <laughs> you're, in, you're in the process of moving in between places. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts actually on NFL real quick and ask you okay. – a division or conference that you have been particularly like really interested in. Ooh, let's see what Cause like we've got my big, like the, the one thing I singled in on is I'm all in on the bears. I decided to go super. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Simon Hunter on our, on the favorites, which Chad Millman was the first one to put that in my head. And the more I looked at it, like if we assume the Packers are going to take a step backwards and the are likely to be up there, but you know they're they're vulnerable. Like both those teams, the Pythagoreans suggest that they're vulnerable. Holes uh, yeah. coming into an offense that was built for him, and I'm getting I, I got plus four twenty five for them to win the North. That's, That's not bad. I don't hate that. I'm big on on that position. I'm also big on. Uh, I basically took the Packers not to win. I I, I picked them to, to, to. I got them on on good plus to, on second place and third place. So I'm basically saying, I don't know who's going to win the division, but it's not going to be the Packers. As far as divisional bets, like, there's a part of me that wants to take Falcons plus 700 because, like, they're just a weird team and that offense is so damn good. If the defense does anything of value, I think that's just from a sheer value play, 7-1 to one in the division. And I know the Saints are really good. I don't buy the Bucks that much uh, as far as being as close to the Saints as the odds say they are at plus 160. There's maybe some long shot value there. You know, I would, I would look at those, and then Saints plus 650 is pretty juicy. See, I went the other way. I went the other way on the Saints uh, based off of – I have a, a buddy who's, like, a really good Saints – big Saints fan, and he was talking to me about the defense, and he was like, for whatever reason, we just played insane defense mm-hmm. whenever Teddy was in. And then once Breeze got back, it just faded. And I was like, that's, like, a weird thing. That just, like, doesn't make much sense. And then I actually, like, looked up the numbers, and he's absolutely 100% right. Like, the DVOA yeah. – I actually went back and tracked their game by game, and it's just ridiculous uh, how much better their defense was in those games uh, where Teddy Bridgewater was quarterback than than Breeze. So, like, if you fact if you take that segment out, and then you look at like all the other things, the stuff going on with them, plus like the Bucks DVOA defensive numbers are ridiculous. They're just insane. Um, like, I didn't I wanted to fade the Bucks because I was like, I think Brady's washed, but I was like, God, even a washed quarterback is probably going to win the division. So. That's that's where I wind up coming up coming out on them. Like I just I can't talk myself into the Saints with everything that's kind of gone on um, over the past year. Actually, sure. the kind of juggernaut that they're perceived to be. It would warm my heart if they weren't. Um, 
I hate the Saints. But so maybe maybe there's a little emotional hedge in there. Callan, my Brocks, make sure to follow him on Twitter. He'll be in the bio under the description of this episode and on Twitter. Robbie, thanks for joining me and stay safe, man. Okay. A pleasure. You do the same. All right, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Action Network Podcast. Again, make sure to leave us a five-star review and leave your Twitter or Instagram handle on those Apple five-star reviews to win a fabulous prize from the Action Network. Follow us on Twitter at Action Network HQ. You can check me out at at HP Basketball. Until next time, this is Matt Moore for the Action Network Podcast. We're finished talking. <laughs>